Uh, well, good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome back to our series. We're in this great series called Make Ready. And I love, I love this series. Here's what we're saying in this series is we're saying this, is that God is preparing you for what God is preparing for you. God is preparing you for what God is preparing for you, and therefore, make ready, right? We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what the next day or the next month or the next year holds, but God does. <laughs> and so God is saying to us, hey, spiritually, hold on to me. Grow deeper in me. Grow deep roots in me. Hold on to my word. Hold on to community. You see, I truly believe that our best days are still ahead. I believe your best days are still ahead. There's still breath in your lungs for a reason and for a purpose. And so God says to you and God says to me, make ready. Make ready. Now, in our series, we're walking with a guy in the Old Testament and a guy named Moses. And, and this was a guy that God used in an incredible way. Now, Moses grew up in Egypt, right? Uh, his f- people were slaves there in Egypt, and, and he was kind of rescued. He grew up in Pharaoh's palace, and so he learned from the best teachers of the day. He got the best education. He learned leadership development. He, he had all this kind of privilege to learn in this education. But God was preparing him for something big there. And then later on, he realized, hey, I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Hebrew. I'm one of God's people, and there's a different call on my life. And so one day, he, he kind of killed this Egyptian because he was abusing a Hebrew, and he had to flee, and he, he goes out the desert, and he spends 40 years in the desert. And Moses is probably thinking, God, where are you? <laughs> I'm in a desert. Did you forget about me? But God was preparing Moses. God was preparing Moses, even out in the desert. Moses didn't know he was getting ready to lead a million people out there. Moses didn't know God needed somebody who was familiar with the area, you know. See, here's the thing. God never wastes an experience in your life. And I know many of us, we look back and we say, oh, but there was this time in my life where I went through this relationally, I went through this financially. You know, God can redeem and God can restore and God can use even those times in our lives for his name and for his glory. And so when the people called out for deliver, God says, Moses, it's time. You're my guy. I've been preparing you for this. And Moses goes back and walks in to Pharaoh. He knows the language, right? He knows the customs. And he says, hey, Pharaoh, let God's people go. And Pharaoh says, no way, right? I'm God. (laughs) Moses goes, no, real quick, you're going to find out he's God. You're not. And after 10 plagues, Pharaoh says, right, he's God. I'm not. And the people go walking out of Egypt. And here's Moses leading the people, a million people, across the desert. They meet God at Mount Sinai. God reveals them the Ten Commandments and says, this is how I've called you to live. And you're going to go back into the land, the promised land, this beautiful land, this land flowing with milk and honey. You were slaves, but I've given all this land to your forefathers, and you get to go and live there. It's going to be awesome. And the people get up to the Jordan, and before they go in, they say, hey, I wonder what's happened since we've been gone. And they send these 12 spies in and 10 of the spies come back and go, whoa, there's giants in the land. We can't do it. But two spies, Joshua and Caleb, come back and say, oh no, our God is greater. Let's go. And the people, the people got scared. And they didn't live a life of faith. They lived a life of fear. And they rebelled against Moses and they rebelled against God. And so God says, okay, you people stay here in the desert for 40 years till this entire unbelieving generation dies off and I raise up a new generation who will trust me. And so when we pick up with Moses today, right, there's a new generation and they're back at the Jordan and they're looking into the promised land. It's been 40 years. And now Moses summons all the people. And God has said to Moses, Moses, you can't go into the promised land. 
You've led them to this point, but that's it. Somebody else will lead them there. And so Moses says, okay, God, and he pulls all the people together, and he just pours his heart out. I mean, it, it, this is like, you know, that, that, that football coach before the big game, here's the pregame speech, but it's even more than that. This is that parent who's getting ready to send their kid off to college going, I hope you know this. I poured into you. I want you to get this. This is so important for you. You know, it's even more than that. It's that grandparent who thinks, I might not see my grandkids again. I want them to know this This is Moses laying his heart out and saying, I want you to get this and this incredible truth that has come to us. Now, the first week in our series, Moses says this to the people, align your priorities. You keep God first. I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna go into that land. You're gonna get successful. You're gonna make money. You're gonna have houses you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant. You keep God first. What happens so many times in our lives, right? We misalign our priorities, things get off, you know. We have God first, and then all of a sudden career becomes over God, or all of a sudden we put children over God, or we put children over our spouse, and we get it all out of line, and God's going, whoa, 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 whoa. The next week, last week, we saw this where Moses says, align your prosperity. You're going to have a lot of stuff now in the desert. You were dependent on God, and most of us, we know that. When times are hard, whoo, man, we're dialed into God, aren't we? And when things are good and we've got plenty of stuff, we kind of put our faith and our trust in our stuff. And Moses goes, no, 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 no. Don't forget, you can't take that stuff with you. You hold on to God. First 10% to God. Second 10% you save. You live on 80%. You know what? Reorder your life around God's principles. And today we see Moses saying, hey, align the people in your life for the glory of God. So if you have a Bible with you this morning, I invite you up with me to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy Old Testament Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. So fifth book of the Bible. All those five books together are called the law, right? The law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. I mean, this is just deep, rich, amazing word of God. I mean, this has survived, right, 3,300 years. I mean, it's like truth. I mean, it's so important and so impactful for all of us. So Deuteronomy chapter 31. Now, if you don't have a Bible, we'll put the words on the screen or if you have a mobile device, you can access it on Uversion. Love for you to dial along with us here. It says in Deuteronomy 31, Moses is speaking out. And then Moses went out and he spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old. And I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you. And you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. So if you're taking notes, a couple of things I want you to see. First of all, I want you to see this. Moses speaks to all the people. Now Moses is the most humble man that ever lived. That's what the Bible tells us about him. I mean, this guy was with God. I mean, you talk about the Shekinah glory. I mean, this guy, I mean, you know, we're talking, been with the Lord, okay? I mean, that's amazing. Humility, humility, get this, is not thinking of yourself less, right? It's not like, oh, I'm so terrible. I'm so... Humility is like, you know what, thinking of God first. Humility is putting God before us. And Moses did that. I mean, he lived it for the glory of God. And then we see this, God created us for community. Moses calls the people together, and he says to all Israel, okay? Notice he pulls the whole community together. So you can picture the scene Moses is down here. People are sitting on the kind of the mountainsides all around like some giant amphitheater. Moses is speaking to all the people. 
Now that's important because it wasn't Moses going, okay guys, just go across the Jordan. Good luck. Make a run for it. You know, go in and just do whatever you want to. He says, no, we are the people of God. We are a community. See, you and I were created for community. Our God is a communal God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Our God calls us to be a part of community. And we see this even in the New Testament, right? Through Jesus Christ, God's people today are his church. The church, the body of Christ. Here's what it says in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, the apostle Peter writing to the church. He says, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You see, the church is important to God. And and, and I can't overemphasize this enough. I, I really can't. Because we live in a narcissistic me-centered culture, right? We got our iPhones, right? We take our selfies. I mean, it's all about us individual kind of thing. But when we just run off individually, that's when we get destroyed. God says, you're a part of a body. You're a part of a community. You are my people. And Moses affirms this. Moses goes out and he calls all his, he goes, guys, listen, you're gonna need the Lord. You're gonna need each other. You need to lock arms together. You've got to go forward together. And I love here what Moses does. He calls all Israel together and he says, the Lord has said to me, right, I'm not going to cross, but the Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. Moses takes the opportunity. He gathers everybody together. He doesn't list off all his accomplishments. Hey, guys, let me tell you kind of my resume. You know, I was, you remember I had this great training. You remember I led you out. Remember I did. He doesn't. He just says, hey, 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 look at the Lord. L- look at God. You know what, you go forward, but I want you to always hold on to God. I want you to always look to him. And anytime, guys, we have an opportunity, always point people to the Lord. Always give him the praise. Always give him the glory. Always do that. And and that's what Moses knew. Moses was like, hey, it doesn't matter if I'm with you or not. The Lord is with you. Don't forget that. And I know you're going to be worried because I've kind of led you all these years. But remember, it wasn't me. It's the Lord who is leading you. And the opportunity we have, we're just always pointing people to the Lord. And then, look at this. Moses does something pretty incredible here. Look at verse 7. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So here's Moses right in front of all the people. And what does he do? He says, hey, hold on to the Lord. And then he says, hey, Joshua, 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 come here, come here. Look at this. Moses affirms Joshua in the presence of all the people. Moses says, okay, Joshua, 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 come, come, come here. I want you to be right here. Now, now who is Joshua. Who is Joshua? Well, notice this. Joshua has been Moses' kind of spiritual child in the faith. He, he has been pouring in to Joshua the whole time. I mean, if you go back and look, you know, Joshua was born there in Egypt. He was one of the slaves that 
that walked out and then he becomes like a part of, of kind of the leadership team and, and Moses is pouring into him. Moses is taking him up on the mountain with him. Joshua is one of the spies who went into the land. He was only one of the two who came back and said, hey, listen, we could take them. God's with us. Remember, God brought us out of Egypt. We were slaves. He delivered, let's go. Joshua is this man after God's heart and Moses takes the opportunity to say, hey guys, Look at Joshua, and then he speaks words of truth into Joshua. Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. Listen, listen, listen. Words are powerful. Guys, get this. Get this. Words are powerful. I want to tell you, you know, James talks about the tongue. With the tongue, we can bring blessing or we can bring curses. Right? There's that old saying we heard growing up, you know, parents would say to us, right, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt us. There is no bigger lie that's ever been said than that. I mean, right? Because let's all be honest. We still carry wounds from words that were said to us, even as kids. We were still defined by what a coach may have said or a teacher may have said or somebody said to us or a friend may have said. And we still carry that with us. And Moses, man, he just blesses Joshua. He just affirms him in front of everybody. Here's, here's a saying that, that's so important. Praise in public, right? You guys, anytime we have that opportunity, you praise in public. You praise your kids. You praise people at work. You encourage your spouse. You say great things about them. And listen, praise in public and then criticize in private. There are going to be times that people mess up. There's going to be times when people make mistakes. But you and I take that opportunity to learn how to do that well. You know, to correct, but do that in private. But in public, man, we just bless. Moses did that well. Hey, guys, I want you to see this. I want you to see Joshua. Notice, who is your Joshua? Who is your Joshua? If you're a parent, it's your children, right? If you're a grandparent, it's your grandchildren. If you're an aunt or an uncle, it's your niece, it's your nephews, Right? So what are you doing with your Joshua? How are you pouring into them? How are you making them ready? How are you encouraging them? How are you building them up? Are you blessing them? See, with our words, we bless or, or we tear down. What are we doing with those who come behind us? And here's the thing about Moses that Moses got. Moses got, look, I want to raise Joshua to be a spiritual leader. You, you see, when we have kids, we're not just raising them to be great kids. We're raising them to be great adults. We're raising them to be great spiritual leaders. We're pouring into them to help them become all that God wants them to be. I saw a little, little baby the other day who had a onesie on, and this onesie said this, I'm here to replace you. I was like, wow, thanks, great to meet you. you know? like, really glad you're here. You know? but, but the fact is, we don't like to think about it like that, because that's pretty in your face. You know? but, but, but the fact is this, I mean, all of us, all of us, there's somebody coming behind us. What are we pouring into those who are coming behind us? I mean, Moses does this right. Moses, you can just imagine, hey, Joshua, be strong and courageous. You be steadfast, but you be courageous. You go forward. You be bold. There's going to be battles to fight. There's going to be struggles ahead. But you go forward in him. 
Because the Lord is with you. Are we preparing spiritual leaders? Are we making them ready? How do you do that? You pray over them, you know? I can imagine Moses praying, oh God, give Joshua the courage. I mean, there's a million people and they complain a lot. God, please help him, you know, as he goes forward. You know, I pray over my girls every night. I go into their room, I lay my, put my hand on their head and I just pray, I pray that God would be with them. I pray that they would be wise and strong and that they would make good decisions. I pray that they would be full of joy, laughter and confidence. I pray over them that they would know Jesus and walk with him. And I pray that they would know that God loves them. And, and then they always finish it. And they always say, and daddy loves us. <laughs> God loves you and, and daddy loves me. And even if I'm on the road, if I'm traveling or something like that, I always call and every time they're like, pray for me, daddy, pray for me. And we pray this prayer all the time. I just want them to know. I want them to know that they're loved. I want them to know that they have a God who loves them. I want them to know they have a dad who loves them. I don't want them out looking for love from some boy because they didn't get it at home. I want them to know that. And Moses, man, he's pouring into Joshua. I believe in you, Joshua. I believe in what God's going to do through you, Joshua. Moses is taking them up on the mountain with them, right? And for us as parents or, or grandparents, taking our kids and letting them serve with us on mission trips or community service or watching them see us worship and those things, those opportunities for us to pour into them, for us to model Christ. Hey, discipleship is more caught than it is taught. Discipleship is more caught than it is taught. And for us to model Christ for them. It's not only our kids, right? It's the people that God's put in your life. And if you're a teacher, wow, you have huge impact and influence. If you're a coach, many of us, we coach our kids in sports and in different areas. And man, I want to tell you, you have a calling. You lead a community group. You teach here on Sunday mornings at preschool or children or students. All of us, we can think back in our lives and how words shaped us and people, even outside of our parents, who spoke words of confidence and words of hope into us and the impact that it's had on us. And this is our time. And this is our opportunity. You, you, you guys know this week, I mean, we were all, we were all heartbroken when we saw this shooting in Florida at the school and just saddened and, and angry. I mean, just like, Why? I mean, 18 school shootings in 2018, it's got to stop. We've got to protect our kids. And I just look at that and I think, oh, Lord, please. You know, as, as a government, right, we've we got to do some things legally to help protect our kids. But listen, at the end of the day, it's only God who can change a heart. And government can't legalize it and nonprofits can't, you know, organize to it. It, it. It's God and it's spiritual leadership and this is our time and this is our responsibility. And there are generations who've gone before us who face challenges in their day and their society. But guys, this is us. And are we raising up kids who have hope in the Lord, who have faith and trust? And Moses says to him, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified do not be afraid. And man, those words need to be said today. I want you to watch this video. This is a couple in Florida who, who they shot this video for their three-year-old son. And I want you to see this right here. Okay. 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 Okay.
you're still young. And you don't know that this world is filled with heartache. Lives are exploited, wounded, and stolen every single day. Many think that there's nothing you can do, nothing to stop this cruelty. And they turn blind eyes whenever evil and hatred strike. But you, you will not be like them. You will face the pain, knowing that there is good amidst deep heartache, searching and uncovering it, finding the tiny shreds of hope in the deepest darkness. It will be hard, it will not stop, and there will be days that it will try and convince you that there is no reason to get back on your feet. But you can never forget the hope that is found in the tiniest of miracles. The strength to keep going. The silent helping hand. The light after a long night. You. Sometimes hope will look like you. Standing your ground, extending your hand and loving rebelliously, defiantly, unconditionally no matter what. That is who you will be. You're still young, but someday you'll learn that hatred and cruelty and heartache exist. And in the face of their existence, the world is desperate for unconditional, defiant, wild love. Be that love. Guys, that we're raising up kids who love and who will lead in the next generation and the generations to come. Guys, we don't know what tomorrow holds for us, but we don't know what tomorrow holds for our kids or the next day or the next day. And for us to point them to Jesus and for us to point them to the Lord to say, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's a spiritual battle that rages, and for us to be the spiritual leaders that God's called us to be today. And Moses does that and affirms that in Joshua. Joshua, you lead the people. And know God's with you. If you keep going in the text, you come here to verse 9. and It says, so Moses wrote down this law, and he gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them, at the end of every seven years, in the year of canceling debts, during the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, you shall read the law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people, men and women and children, and the aliens living in your towns. Notice that. God's making a way, even here in the Old Testament, for all people to hear. And the aliens living in your town so that they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you're crossing the Jordan to possess. You see what Moses does is he writes it down and he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put an emphasis on the word of God. 
I'm going to put an emphasis on the word of God. Moses wrote the first five books here of the Old Testament. And he says, every seven years, when you go in the land, you bring everybody back together and you read over the law. You help them know the law. That's the importance of us being at church to hear God's word. And I know life gets busy and it gets crazy, but we need to be grounded in the word of God. We need to know what God wants us to do. And not just us, the importance of us teaching God's word to our children. And for us to say, we want to raise kids who know God, know his word, and know his truth. And when we have the opportunity to sit down and talk about, hey, what did you hear today at church? What did you learn today in your class? What did you hear at community group? What did you learn? And those opportunities for us to pour into them. There's a family in our church, and the mom sent me this picture this week. And she's a teacher at school. It was, it was this, her daughter at school, and, and she was drawing this. And then if you zoom in, look what her daughter wrote. I love my family because they bring me to church. <laughs> and kids watch. They listen. They learn. And what are we teaching? What are we modeling? And then look at this. this Moses is setting the table for generations to hear about God. Moses is setting the table for generations to hear about God, for us to write things down, for us to pass those along, for us to share. I have a Bible in our family. It's been passed down from like five generations. It sits in our home, and it's just like, yes. What are we passing along? What are we sharing? What are we pouring in? And then notice, if you keep going, the Lord said to Moses, now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua, present yourselves at the tent of meeting where I will commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. Then the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the cloud stood over the entrance of the tent. And the Lord said to Moses, you are going to rest with your fathers, and these people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods of the land. Pretty strong word, right? But our God's a relational God. Our God has invited us into a covenant with him prostitute themselves with the gods of the land that they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I have made with them. And you're thinking, what? I mean, God knew, right, that they were going to go into the land, and God knew that they were going to sin. God knew that they were going to make mistakes, and you're kind of going, well, why didn't God do something then, right? I mean, why didn't God just say, okay, well, I'm going to wipe these people out and start over with a new group of people who will be obedient to me because God knows their heart. He created Adam and Eve, and things were good for two chapters. And then chapter three, they sinned against God, right? It's the same reason we have kids. We know they're going to make mistakes. We know they're going to mess up and fail, but we love them. God loves us. Guys, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short, but God doesn't give up on us. We can't give up on those behind us as well. But notice this in verse 23. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun, be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. Now notice, notice, if you're taking notes, God knows his people will not keep the law. Therefore, we all need a savior. God knows, I mean, we're gonna make mistakes. We're gonna mess up. We're gonna fail. We're not gonna keep it. But the law cannot save us. The law shows us the depth of our sin and our failures. We needed to know that, right? We needed another standard, and we know that we don't measure up. But I love, I love, I love what God said to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, 
and I myself will be with you. Look at this. We all need a Savior, and God made a way for us through his son, Jesus. God says to Joshua, I will be with you. And what happens in the New Testament? God incarnate, Jesus steps in. Jesus steps into our mess. Jesus steps into our pain. Jesus steps into our hurt. Jesus steps into our brokenness. Jesus comes to us and says, I will be with you. Yes, you don't measure up. Yes, you've made mistakes, but I will redeem you and I will restore you and I will make you new and I will lead you. You know, when you look at the name Joshua, Joshua is Yeshua. That's where we get the name Jesus. And Joshua's name literally means salvation. And where Moses gets them to the edge and then the law cannot lead them across the Jordan. The law cannot take us into the promised land. Joshua now steps in to go into the promised land. Jesus, our deliverer, our savior, through Christ, our hope, our redeemer leads us on. It's only relationship with God through Jesus. Don't miss that today. We'll never be good enough, none of us will. But God says, you don't have to. I've done it for you. I will be with you. I'll be with you. A good friend of mine um, called me a couple weeks ago to tell me about his dad. His dad, uh, 101 years old. He said, Jeff, you, you know, I, I knew his dad. Our friend goes to our church, and he's just a, loves the Lord. And he said, my dad, man, my dad just walks with the Lord. He, He's this man, he's just always been faithful. He's always served God. He's always been in church. He's been in community. We, you know, there's six of us in the family. And he said, but last weekend, you wouldn't believe what happened. He said, my, my sister Judy was there with my dad. He's been in good health, 101, right? Moses was 120. This guy's 101 years old. And, and uh, he said, my sister Judy's there. And my dad woke up in the morning and, and he said, hey, Judy, uh, I got to get the train fixed. And Judy's like, what, Dad? And he's like, I got to get the train fixed. And my friend's dad, he, he used to work on the railroad. He actually worked here at Union Station. And his dad was an, an engineer, and he drove trains. And so, so his son worked on the trains and, and would get them repaired and get them fixed. And, and, and he says to his daughter, right, I got to get the train fixed. And she, she goes, Dad, what are you talking about? You know, and he's like, no, today I've got to get it fixed. I've got to get it fixed. And so she calls my friend. She says, you know, what's dad talking about? He's got to get the train fixed. He goes, I don't know. She's like, okay. So the day kind of goes on and he goes, hey, hey, Judy, uh, I'm going to see your mom today. She's like, what? Dad, mom died 15 years ago. What are you, what are you talking about? Now I'm going to see your mom today. I've got to get the train fixed. She's like, okay, dad. All right. Later on in the day, he says, hey, Judy, I, I'm going to see Roger today. Now, Roger was his firstborn son, and Roger was hit by a car when he was 10 years old and killed. He hadn't seen his son in 70 years, hadn't really ever talked about him much. He told Judy, hey, Judy, I'm going to see Roger today. He's like, Dad, what are you talking about? I've got to get the train fixed. Later on, about dinner time, he said, hey, Judy, I'm going to go home today. He's like, Dad, you're at home. I mean, 1622, Isla, right? You've lived here 60 years. What are you talking about? You're... At home, I'm like, oh, Judy, I'm going home today. And at night before he went to bed, he said, hey, Judy, I got the train fixed. She called my friend and said, I don't know what's going on, but dad said he got the train fixed. 
And that night, <laughs> he went home to be with Jesus. <laughs> he didn't wake up in this world. <laughs> he went and saw his wife, <laughs> the son, to spend eternity with them through Christ. You, you see, guys, when we get to the end of our life, there's only a few things that are going to matter. Your relationship with God and the people you've invested your life in. I want to tell you, this guy, he's got six kids who are all walking with the Lord. They're involved in church. He's got grandkids. He's got great-grandkids. He's left a legacy for the glory of God. We get one shot, one opportunity. How are we investing it? What are we doing with what God's entrusted to us? We can get so caught up in the things of this world. We can get so caught up in making money and watching this and buying things and stuff. And so At the end of the day, at the end of the day, we can't take any of that with us. Hold on to him. And hear these words today, be strong, be courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Whatever you face, whatever comes up, you make ready now, you hold on to him now, you invest in what matters now for the glory of God. Make ready. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. But maybe today is a day of salvation. Maybe today is a day you just say, man, I need a savior. <laughs> I've been trying to live under the law. I've been trying to do everything right, and I just feel guilty. I feel weighed down. I need Jesus. So Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Redeem me, restore me, make me new. Maybe today you're starting to think about who's your Joshua? <laughs> Are you preparing those who come behind you to be spiritual leaders? Are you pointing them to the Lord? Are you encouraging them to be all that God wants them to be? Are you speaking words of blessing and hope? over them are you investing in your marriage are you encouraging one another maybe this morning right where you sit you just say God I'm scared I've been afraid I've been terrified not only for me but for my kids and today I just come before you God just give you my fear I want to go forward in faith I want to be a man or a woman after your heart I want to point people to you so God here's my heart here's my life I need you holy and completely you Father God here we are your disciples today Father, you've called us in a world of fear and anxiety, and you've called us to be strong and courageous. And you speak over us as your sons, as your daughters. So I pray this morning, God, you would fill us with your spirit. You would give us hope in this world. You would give us courage and boldness. I pray that we would know that you are with us and you are for us. And I pray, God, that you would find us faithful. 
that we would pour into those who come behind us, God, and we would love them well, and we would leave a legacy for you that will far outlive us. So thank you for your presence this morning. And thank you for your presence every day. That through Christ, we have a relationship with you. We are your sons and your daughters. Amen.